0: Hey everyone, got a great show for you today. I have a personal friend, uh, somebody I look up to, uh, somebody I've done business with in Fresno. We're welcoming back to the show, Chris Williams. How are you doing this morning, Chris?
1: I'm doing good,
0: how are you? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. Why don't we just give, we have another video which I'll link in the description below, but most people won't go back and watch it. So just tell your story You know, in a couple of minutes. When you got started, what was that moment? And then we'll really get on to new material.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, got started in basically, I think it was beginning of 2010. Um, met up with someone, we started a business together. After a couple of months, uh, went full time, quit my job. And so, we started wholesaling and then uh, fixed and flipping a couple of years well. So, we did that together for two years, so until the end of two, 2011. Um, just felt there was time to go on my own, went on my own. And in uh, 2012, it just, completely collapsed on me, um, just failed at everything I did, quickly ran out of money, um, started living off my credit cards. Those got maxed out and uh, started taking odd and in jobs, you know, uh, doing handyman work, cleaning pools, um, doing whatever I could to just try to pay some of my bills, you know, my, my gas and insurance and phone. Uh, you know, had my phone shut off several times, almost had my car impounded and during that year. And I uh, really gave up. I mean, I think I, I gave up on my dreams of being a real estate entrepreneur. And I had a, a friend, a mentor of mine from my church, who um, asked me if I was looking for a job and said that, that the sister company that he worked with, uh, he was a real estate broker, their sister company, which was a basically redeveloper in town, was looking for someone to come in um, to do admin work, office work. And so I said, hey, I'll, I'll send you my resume. So I sent him my resume. I uh, ended up having two interviews there. Uh, got a job there working in the office in a couple months worked my way up to a project manager um, and so they did they did a lot of fix and flips and then also bought um, multi-units and rentals and full-blown apartment complexes and I was you know out there running budgets running contractors um, you know taking on you know 10 12 15 projects at a time um, you know in Fresno and, and some other cities around here so uh, long story short Summer 2013, ended up getting engaged, um, was faced with a lot of incoming bills from the wedding, um, and then uh, also just car problems, and realized that um, either I can complain about it or I can do something about it, so decided to pick back up my dream uh, of being a real estate entrepreneur, and um, started sending a little bit of letters, like 50 letters, making calls, calling expireds, and in the first month ended up blocking up five deals uh, summer 2013, closed a few more deals that year and decided in 2014 I wanted to go full-time as a full-time wholesaler, and uh, ended up going strong and in March of 2014. 2014 <laughs> in March of 2014 uh, given my two weeks and going full- time, um, my first time all on my own, and uh, did 33 deals that year in. 2014 and um, Going ever since um, I've definitely expanded into flipping and hotels and then also have my My eyes finally on buying rentals, uh, which I wish I would have had Years ago years 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 ago definitely, but finally, you know preparing ourselves for that as well
0: Yeah, I remember I actually went back and watched your interview It's it's one of the ones that has the most views of all my interviews And the thing that I took away from it was when you were in this struggle, so I think you were still working, you'd gotten that job, right, as the project manager. Yeah. And you tell this story about an energy drink. And you kept looking for it, and it was, you know, like, you you asked yourself when you finally found it is, if I'm willing to work this hard for an energy drink, why won't I work this hard for my dreams? I'm like, duh, that's it right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You want want to summarize that a little bit? Do you remember that? Um, You want me to retell it? Yeah, let's retell the story, and then we'll go on to new stuff. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah, so I I remember I was driving around. I don't know if I was on my lunch break or I was working or something, but um, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about just how much I thought that the wedding was going to be, how much my fiance needed from me. Um, My car at the time was in and out of the shop. Literally every month and every time I, I put it in. I mean, it was, it was an Audi A6, um, you know, 4.2 liter engine. So it was like, anytime anything happened, it'd be a grand, 1,500 that I really didn't have, but I had to spend it anyways so that I could have a car. Um, and I remember driving and I was just so mad. Like, man, this is so frustrating. I have all these bills, this car is a piece of crap, um, but I can't sell it until I pass smog but it's like every time I took it to the shop to get it fixed, then like something else was revealed and then I needed to take it back. So I spent like six or seven grand just to be able to get it to pass smog, just, just so I could get rid of it, not even make any money, just get rid of it. And um, I was driving and grumbling and, um, you know, I, I was really realized that uh, at the time I felt like a failure. Uh, you know, I felt like the entrepreneurial desire, that, that that desire for real estate was God given. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a firm believer, and it just felt like, like that that desire was part of my mission here on life. And I was really grumbling, and complaining to God, like, Lord, I feel like you put this vision and this passion in my heart, but it's like every turn I, I take, I feel like I see the opposite. You know, I feel like you put success in my heart, but I feel like everything I put my hand to just becomes a fail, a failure and um and then while i was grumbling I just really wanted this energy drink very specific rock star, um that now is is out of commission and um i went to a place that normally they don't have it i went to like a 7 they didn't have it and went to like a cvs or something like that they didn't have it and every time i stopped somewhere they did they didn't have that one specific energy drink. i was just getting so mad so so frustrated and um, I finally stopped at like a safe mart, you know, some supermarket. Went in, and went in there, they had it, bought it, went out to my car. And I remember sitting down and just cracking it open and taking that first sip. And it was just like this huge sigh of relief. Like, yes, I finally have what I want. You know, and I finally, you know, worked hard and got what I want. And it was just like at that moment, I kind of saw a picture of like everything I was complaining about, and everything I was doing. And I was like, Man. so I just like... I hit all these roadblocks in my life goals and I just gave up here. I just stopped at nothing to buy, you know, a $3 energy drink. That's probably going to kill me. Um, and it was just like this crazy aha moment and like this, and it's so stupid. And just realizing like, okay, you know what? I don't think I've even worked this hard towards my goals. I think I just, I did a little bit to kind of like tell myself, yeah, you know, I'm working, I'm taking action but then not really doing anything after that, you know, sending 10 letters at a time, you know, making one call, something like that, and then be mad when it doesn't pan out. But realizing like, okay, if I just stopped at nothing at this drink, that's probably going to kill me. And why can't I do that? for you know, what I feel like is my calling? Why can't I stop at nothing to, to go fulfill my dreams and goals. And so I said, Okay, God, I, you know, I, I do believe that this real estate desire is what you put in my heart. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it the next 30 days. I'm going to go all out. And um, there's really no option other than this. And so I just set a goal. In the next 30 days, I have to line up $10,000 worth of deals. Um, I'm going to hang my hat up and just say that it's not for me. And I'm going to go do something else. And so for the next 30 days, um, you know, in that time, I worked eight to five. So I would get up at five, go to the gym. I'd be in the office by seven, seven thirty. Plan out, plan out my day. Figure out who I need to call, what offers I need to make. Clock in at eight. Um, whenever I'd be on, uh, in my car, you know, going to properties or on my lunch break, I'd be on the phone, making calls, setting appointments. Um, clock out at five. I'd stay in the office until eight or nine, and so I would either go out on appointments, put up bandit signs, call people, stuff letters, whatever I needed to do. And um, within those 30 days, I lined up five deals and made 15 grand. They were all tiny deals, you know, averaging like three grand. But um, it really proved within myself that I had everything that it takes, uh, you know, to get it done. And, you know, realizing that over the years, I convinced myself that, uh, you know, because I wasn't, you know, some skilled, experienced negotiator that I couldn't do it. Uh, you know, that I wasn't some outgoing, extremely outgoing person that was very introverted, that, you know, I wouldn't be good at sales. I had convinced myself those things, but the, that 30 days of going all out, really part-time proved to myself that, yeah, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. It is where I'm supposed to be. Um, you know, all those desires and the passions in my heart were all correct. And so um, that's when, you know, I put a plan together, started working. And, and, you know, as I had a full-time job, was doing two, three deals a month, um, wholesaling, and then finally came to a spot where it's like, okay, I need to go full-time now. That's awesome.
0: I love that story. Again, I listened to it. Uh, I listened to a lot of it yesterday, and I actually played that little clip again this morning. Uh, more and more people need to realize um, that if you're gonna, if you're willing to go after your dreams as hard as you were going after that rock star energy drink, you'll figure it out, right? And it's 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 frankly yeah, not definitely. supposed to be easy, right? If it was easy, everybody would, yeah. do it, right? So, um, I love that yeah, story. Definitely. I'm glad. I'm glad you repeated it but let's set up where we left the last meeting 2014 you did 33 deals 15 was bigger than 14 16 was bigger than 15 right so you were you were rocking and rolling right
1: yeah well what's interesting is that as i went along my volume decreased but my my profit for for deal increased drastically you know that that first year was like you know three four thousand dollar deals and so through that journey actually even working less figuring out how to turn those into 10 15 thousand dollar wholesale deals
0: yeah yeah very very cool so we wrapped up last time um, and you know basically by anybody's measure you were quote-unquote successful you made it you were you were you were one of the, the the big shots in Fresno but I remember you closing that session going you know what uh, I'm a part of a mastermind. I, I've gone there. Uh, they give me some tools and tricks to even go further. I think you even talked about doing other markets. So, so where what happened? So, you you know, this last I think we talked on yeah, October or November, and then you're like, I'm doing all these other yeah, big. I think things. It was awesome. So what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. So where I was then, um, you know, had massive goals. Was scaling was doing everything that the coaches and everybody talked about, which is just basically throwing as much money back into the pot as possible. So we had uh, multiple full-time employees. Um, And of course with that comes all the added expenses and, and, uh, you know, health insurance and all that kind of stuff. So we, you know, we went from sending just a couple thousand mailers a month, really only having an overhead of a few thousand dollars a month to um, all of a sudden having like 25, 30, 40, $50,000 overhead a month. yeah. yeah and uh, we, I mean we were growing our volume was growing you know my goal was to get to ten deals a month as, as fast as possible by the end of last year and um, you know i I feel like with my eyes set on simply quantity, I was losing sight of quality uh you know whereas before realistically being lower volume when i was um, you know before we we really scaled uh, you know we'd do two deals a month, but they were 15, 20, $30,000 deals, um, you know, only maybe spending $1,500 $2,000 a month in marketing. So then um, kind of broadening my scope and saying, okay, in order for me to do the volume I, I, I want to do, now I need to be sending, you know, 20000 mailers a month, $30,000 a month. I need a full-time lead manager, I need a full-time this person, this person. I can't go on every appointment, so now I need other people to go on appointments. And um, a very interesting thing happened. You know, like I said, our volume ticked up, but our, our deal quality dropped dramatically. Interesting. And um, kind of the talks of what a lot of the kind of higher volume people say is, they say, J- just lock it up. You know, if, if you're trying to buy it at 100 grand and the seller's stuck at, you know, 120 or 115 or 110, just lock it up. And so we started doing that and really against my own beliefs, it's just like, Okay, I'll just see how this works, and so started doing that just to see how we could do. Um, and it was it was really hard. Um, we spent a lot of money, a lot of time, and then for a lot of deals to not pan out, or you know, being used to the fifteen twenty thousand dollars wholesales, and now only, all of a sudden only making a grand fifteen hundred per deal, um, and that's not even a make; that's still a loss. When we had to spend you know three or four thousand dollars to get there,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: to only have like hundred come in. Um, you know, that's a huge loss you know, per deal. But we were breaking even for um, several months, even when we were spending more. Um, and then this crazy thing happened was we had a lot of deals in escrow. I mean, at one point, probably had over 300 grand um, in revenue in escrow at one point. And it was like one deal after the next just started dropping off, getting canceled. Buyers walking last minute and, you know, making me lose the deal. Judgments and liens popping up. Um, last minute, you know, we were supposed to close and it's like, oh, escrow just found something on this and um you know, not really being able to overcome it. And so there was a span of like thirty days where like I saw like over two hundred grand just vanish. And um even though we did all the work, we spent all the money, you know, and that revenue should have came come in. And so right at the end of the the year, um, you know, into it's really into the slow season of winter, um, everything just came at a screeching halt because our revenue stopped, but our uh, you know our monthly expenses were still really high,
0: yeah full-time
1: employees uh, so it uh, which really killed our momentum too, because I had to take uh, all the money we would normally use for marketing had to then go into paying overhead. so going into the beginning of this year, basically just stopped everything like okay, no more no more letters. Um, we kind of slowly got rid of our staff and went down to a shoest- basically shoestring budget. I mean, even this year. I don't know what we spent total in marketing, um, definitely less than a couple grand. I and mean, we've, we've done a good amount of deals this year, but they've just been from um, following up cold calls online, stuff that really doesn't cost anything other than time for us. Right. Um, so towards the beginning of the year, maybe February, March, um, I, I took a hard look at what we were doing last year, I took a hard look at what kind of, what the popular business model uh, is for for our type of business, and which is just if you want to grow, you scale, you throw everything you know, you throw everything at the the window or the wall, or whatever, and see what sticks. And you know, everybody hires a lead manager, everybody hires the acquisitions, everybody hires a disposition, and we're looking at it going like, I, I don't like that. Like, I, like we had so many moving parts. And I don't know if it's just my personality, uh, maybe my availability and time, but like just realizing like then. I really didn't like that, <laughs> yeah. um, and so realizing like how can I grow like that but keep keep as small as possible while having really as high of revenue as possible. So, um, kind of had the idea of instead of having full time W two employees, I would just have commission based real estate agents come in, and they can take our leads, and you know go on the appointments, make our offer, and they would still get paid, but um, you know I, I could roll their commission into the deal
0: yep.
1: rather than the seller it, of course, and so they could get paid I could get paid I could buy houses um, or wholesale houses and um, grow my business that way and so that's what we've done this year we're building that out um, I'd say a good number of deals that we've done this year have been through um, through agents being able to take our leads yeah. um, go on the appointments or call call them and negotiate on our behalf and then um, You know whether we we bought them for a fix and flip or a hotel, or we've wholesaled it. I've been able to roll their commission into, um, you know, into my revenue in that,
0: uh, which
1: has been awesome because I've been able to get multiple deals with basically zero out of pocket, and uh, whoever we're doing the deal with um, is able to get a really good revenue out of that as well.
0: That's awesome. I want to make sure we we dig into that, and we're going to make that its own section. I just want to go back to another thing, um, because like you. you know, I don't know what it is. I guess it's male ego, maybe, right? You want to be bigger. You want to do more. You, you yeah. just want to do all those things. Right. I remember going to a mastermind myself and kind of apprehensively going, like, I don't really know what I want to go. Cause I, unlike you, I don't see myself as an entrepreneur, right. Or a, a business owner per se, but, I went there and I had, I did have an aha moment going, I don't want employees. That was my big thing, right? Cause everybody else yeah. stands up and they talk about where their troubles are and all these other things. And where I landed, um, was I don't want employees, right? So anytime I think about getting yeah. bigger or anything, uh, if it requires employees, my answer is no, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you just take that idea out of the, out of the bag, right? I, I'm about yeah. simplicity and being happy right? Being happy is yeah. is important. So um, I, I wanted to bring this back up because so many people that get some success in this business see the social media posts and see these other things. They get the acquisition manager, then they get the disposition manager, then they're having five virtual assistants in the Philippines. And I guess I just want to say, yeah, that can work. But ask yourself if you're going to be happy, right? Do you want the overhead? Yeah, You want to have that do you want to have to take a deal just to keep the machine running? And I think that's where you found yourself after a few months. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. Yeah. Yep, definitely.
0: Okay, cool, cool. So let's talk about. So you, you, you again. You are an entrepreneur, right? You successful multi years. Yes. You look to get bigger. You try it. You give it at full effort. You go whoop! Stop. That hurts. Fifty k a month. And you know you have to make sacrifices, fire people, lower marketing, which is not what you want to do. Then you and your wife, I'm sure, get together and go, "What, well, honey?" You know, how can we get back to cranking? I think this, I'll call it a commission model. I'm not sure what else to call it. uh, Mm It's a genius idea because now you can reward anybody who's willing to hustle uh, in in the area. Let's talk about that. How did you find that? How did you create that? I've never heard of it. I think that's awesome.
1: You know, I I had that idea years ago. Um, Never really did anything with it. I had ran across maybe a couple interviews, podcasts. Um, I know there's a guy, Peter Vexelman out of Georgia. He does that. Um, And I had heard a podcast from him maybe like a year ago, two years ago. And I think he does like 40 or 50 deals a month um, strictly with agents. I I think he runs a a Kelly Williams office out of Atlanta. Um, And all his agents are like a flat fee. So like whenever they negotiate a deal for him, they just get like a grand. And supposedly the agents who work for him love it because they don't have to pay the overhead. They don't pay the marketing. They don't pay for the systems. He just provides everything for them, and they go out on appointments with their number, with, with his cash number, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, then they follow up on the offer, and when the offer doesn't work, then they're able to convert those over to listings, exactly. um, which I is huge, and that's really the model that I want to go after, or that we're building out here is, um, you know, for, for realistically, maybe for an agent who wants to make 100 to 200 grand a year, but... They don't want to be spending four, five, six thousand dollars a month in marketing, or they don't want to have to spend you know thousand, two thousand dollars a month in office, and in you know for the CRM and the systems and for the Mojo Dialer and all that kind of stuff like we do. I could just say, hey, I already have all that. I have the systems. We have the leads. We have the cold call list. Um, you know, we have well over a thousand warm leads in our database that we've spoken to that can be followed up on. You know, maybe fifteen, twenty thousand people on cold call lists who can be cold called. Um, you have someone here who's probably done maybe somewhere around 400, 500 deals. I can analyze something in five minutes and tell you where we need to be at. And I can train people on sales, I can train people on, on building rapport, building relationship, teaching you how to follow up. Um, and so maybe it's someone who doesn't want to run a full scale business, but they want that entrepreneurial income, then I can say, come get plugged in here, we'll give you everything. Um, You'll go present our cash offer, and when it doesn't work, you can convert it over to a listing. and And I think that that listing aspect is so valuable because your foot is already in the door. You've already, uh, you know, with those homeowners, and and for any agent, any agent can attest to this. The hardest thing to do um, when business is getting your foot in the door of that home, and so um, just saying like, we'll do that for you, and, and we've already got it. We we already have those leads. Uh, we already no, excuse me. We've already narrowed it down to the people who we feel like are most likely to sell now, and um, and people who need to be followed up with as well. So um, that's what we're that's what we're running with right now. Um, we've got one agent under us right now. We've of course there's a couple other people we've worked with, and my goal is to bring on at least two people over the next two months. Um, just get them in here, plug them in, and um, you know help them achieve their goals. Yeah. So let me
0: break let me break it down for folks that maybe haven't put together what you're offering because again most people um, cuz you're on the buy side a lot of these at least in the beginning. Yes. And they're like oh the seller pays the commission. No, that's not what Chris is talking about. Chris is basically saying <laughs> for example uh, he's willing to offer 150k on a house, that's what he's willing to offer. So let's play this out. Let's say example, you're willing to pay 150, you're willing to pay the agent 3 grand. I'm just using rough numbers. What, sure. what what number would be presented to uh, the client? Would it be the one hundred fifty or would it be one hundred forty-seven? I guess that's the part I'm missing.
1: Sure, got it. Um, honestly, it really bit's I mean, uh, there's really a huge, basically, science behind our offers, but maybe okay. um, really depend on the circumstance. If somebody really needed one hundred fifty grand in their pocket and it worked for us, you still. Give them one hundred and fifty to pay all the closing costs and then pay our agent. Then, then we just have them present the one hundred and fifty offer. So, how we do it is, that yeah, we offer the seller the net price.
0: Got it.
1: Um, that's what I wanted. wanted. Net. Price. Yeah. So the agent presents it like my client is going to pay you one hundred fifty grand. Uh, you're not going to have to pay a commission. They'll cover that. You won't have to pay closing costs. They'll cover it, and they're going to close in ten days. And got it. Whatever whatever problem that they're facing, that's the problem. Right. So solve. you
0: so you give this you give the agent representing you. We're willing to pay one fifty for that property, that asset, and then on the back end, you've already worked out the transaction costs and closing costs and commission. Right. So you might pay yes. one fifty five seven for this thing. Sure. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think like I told you, we're, we've been taking on more fix and flips and hotels yep. this year. So, um, you know, basically how in in a nutshell how I do it. Is I roll all of that into my my acquisition cost, so that when I take the deal to my lender, uh, I don't take it to them for one hundred and fifty. I take it to them for one hundred and sixty or one hundred and sixty-five or whatever that's going to be, so that everything is covered in the front end. Mm -hmm. And um, when that closes, that's where that agent gets their commission.
0: Yep, that's awesome. And again, the agents, if you're hungry in Fresno and you want a known buyer and somebody that's doing it, uh, how could they reach out to you, Chris, or find out more? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, I would say shoot me an email. Email is probably the best way at uh, chris at iBuyHousesFresno.com. That will go directly to my phone, and then we can connect on a, a time to uh, jump on the phone.
0: Yeah, the other the other thing I think people should look at, so first off, if you're a licensed agent, you don't have enough listings, or the market's getting soft, and you want to add another revenue stream, you need to look up Chris and reach out to him at chris at iBuyHousesFresno.com. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's oh. it. Look at that. Yep. So easy to remember. You're a genius. Um, so the other thing is, is if you're into the business, you want to stick your toe in, you want to be yourself, maybe in 2013. Chris. You, you don't want all the, you don't yeah. have the assets for the infrastructure, but you want to go learn under someone. I think being a part yeah. of this, part of your organization would be a great idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I've been kind of talking to some people with um, been talking to people regarding that as well, because you really think about. Um, depending on the income goal, mm-hmm. s- somebody being in a sales position versus a business owner position, it probably benefits them to be more in that sales. Cause you think about for me as a business owner, if I want to take home $150,000 a year, what do I need to bring in on the business side? Probably 800, 900,000, almost a million dollars. What kind of effort and marketing and overhead do I have to spend to bring in a million dollars in revenue? Probably two or three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> So for someone who has that goal of just, you know, maybe bringing home $150,000, $200,000 a year, running a full-fledged business might not be their best option. Um, you know, for someone to bring home that kind of income but not have the overhead associated with it, not have the marketing costs, not have to figure out the marketing or the systems or the CRM or anything like that. I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I love it. I mean, honestly, like I, I love the business model and I love the opportunity that I can give people to say, hey, let me help you reach your goals. You just got to come in and work under me. Um, you know, obviously not as an employee, but as an agent. And um, you know, we can both achieve our goals together.
0: Yeah, and again, I want to go back to something I said earlier. I think, I think what a lot of people get lost in this is in that big number, right? 150, 200, yeah. 100, whatever. I would challenge each of you listening to this to think about what makes you happy, Right. Yeah, go to 150 grand. Working with somebody who's knowledgeable, respects you, trusts you, you know, allow you to be happy, and then, um, you know, do you have to own your own business? The answer is no. You don't have to own your own business. You know, being being a sales professional or an agent is uh, is a great way to go. I would think.
1: Yeah, actually, I've heard this a couple times. I haven't seen the statistics, but I've heard it that the. Right now, the fastest growing segment of millionaires are actually double w2 employees um, They're people who are in sales positions who are now working for you know million dollar companies yeah. um, and of course they're also taking their extra income and they're putting it towards rental properties and, and uh, you know, other investment assets
0: very very cool so I am curious uh, where are you taking this thing sort of like where we ended last time so uh, you've got this new business model you 're going to be ramping do you have goals for a number of Agents you kind of want in your network before the end of the year? Are we talking six, ten? What What are we thinking?
1: Sure. Yeah. Here in the office, I would say four. Okay. So um, one short term is two more um, that I, if we can bring in, train, and then towards the end of the year, bring in one other person. So let me let's
0: see, let's see if we can help you with that. What kind of per, I mean, does the agent need to be a full time agent, or could they be an agent that has a w, you know a W two job and they got a license? Just because, or what are you thinking?
1: I think they could be part time. I would really take that by case by case basis. Um, it really depends on personality, it depends on availability. If someone really doesn't have much availability but they, they want you know, want to get into it, it would be really hard for me because, I mean, as you know, my availability is very limited. Yeah. As well, you know. Yes. Being a father of four, under three years old, um, I'm also a licensed pastor. So in the evenings and the weekends, I'm very tied up. Um, so my availability is very limited. So if someone only has evenings, it would be really hard for me to get away to sit down with them and train them yeah. uh, just because I would, I really wouldn't be available. Uh, full-time is best. I mean, honestly, full-time and hungry. Yep. Um, newer is probably best because um, they might not be indoctrinated with with years and years of Um, you know, realtor talk and realtor training, because really what we do is it really is out of the box. Um, And a lot of times it takes a lot of out of the box thinking to be able to get things done. And it's, um, you know, nothing illegal, nothing unethical or anything like that. It's just, um, I mean, this is, this is creative real estate and your typical Keller Williams, REMAX Century 21, they don't teach you creative real estate. They teach you how to be a realtor, how to go show houses and how to make offers, which is great. Honestly, that's great. But with the type of clientele that we deal with, you have to be creative you have to be uh, I mean you have to be able to think out of the box And of course, we, we teach all that, mm-hmm. but for someone who's been in the business for 10 or twenty years, it might be very hard to take off that realtor hat and really think entrepreneurial
0: yeah no, I agree so let, so let's go full time, maybe uh, had their license less than two years, maybe, uh, but is hungry and, and wants to work that's that's the goal that's, yeah okay.
1: Very, very I mean, but honestly, uh, I'll talk with anybody. I mean, I'll speak with anybody to see, you know, where are you at in life? What are your goals? Where do you see yourself? Um, and can you be a fit? You know, we gotta we gotta check personality. We gotta check, uh, you know, integrity, and character. You know, make sure that that we're both a good fit. Yep.
0: Yeah, I love it. So let's just give your email one more time. How could somebody reach out and say, "Hey, let's talk"? How could they get a hold of you?
1: And that's Chris. The C H R I S at I buy houses Fresno.com.
0: Excellent. If you happen to be in the Fresno area, a licensed agent, hungry to do some work, I strongly recommend checking Chris out. Uh, he does what he says. I've done deals with him. He is this authentic person you see on screen. And again, he's yeah. a father of four under three. Do the math. Yeah. <laughs> There's a set of twins in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yes, awesome. Yeah. I got to disclose to people. Yes, yeah, So one woman. So it is. <laughs> of twins in there
0: <laughs> one woman that's, I that's back, a well, I don't
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious well thank you very much for your time chris this is always a lot of fun
1: yeah Thanks. you got it thank you bro.